As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Caught for the touchdown, Robinson! 40-yard line, Khalil Mack! What a grab! Darnell Moody! Touchdown, Jimmy Graham! With a safety! Allen Robinson takes it all the way! Smoking Johns. Yeah, baby, it's on! The Bears are what we thought they were. Football is a team game, and it takes everyone on that team to make the Chicago Bears. Go Bears! From NBC Sports Chicago, it's Adam Ho. Full disclosure, I've been going straight since 7 a.m. <laughs> yeah, you have a best friend. That's a shock. And from The Athletic, it's Adam Johns. I got people texting me about Vegas, L.A., Green Bay. I think that the line's going to be garbage, but it's still not going to be an easy game. Ready? It's the Adams. Nobody can come close to us. Hogan Johns. Let's begin now. What time is it? We are underway. What's up? Welcome in Hogue and Johns with you. It is Aaron Rodgers panic day again. I love this story, Johnsy. I knew he wasn't going to say much, and yet it would still be an enormous story. He said just enough, though. Just enough. Go Bears. Yeah. <laughs> Go Bears. Yeah. All right. Well, welcome in. Uh, we're, we are we are going to be a little heavy on Aaron Rodgers and the Packers today, but based on a lot of tweets we got, I mean, people want to talk about this. This is huge. I mean, it really is huge um, for a number of different reasons. And I mean, it, it can impact two of the games that the Bears play this season. Uh, Aaron Rodgers has been. Oh, a, I would argue it impacts more than that, but I know what you're saying. Yeah. I mean, well, like you're talking about years down the road. I'm talking about this season. Well, the Bears only play the Packers twice. I well, just want to make sure you if, know if that. If he's out of the <laughs> NFC North, yes, you know that 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 is like earth shaking news. Yeah. That, that 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 changes the whole hierarchy of the division. Yeah, I'm still skeptical. But anyway, all right. Follow us on Twitter at Adam Hoke at Adam Johns. Uh, you can read Johnsy on the Athletic, theathletic.com slash Hogan Johns is where you go to subscribe. You can read me at NBC Sports Chicago.com. And we got lots of different ways you can connect with us on social media. You can get our shirts, which I'm wearing today. If you're watching on our YouTube channel, uh, YouTube, go to YouTube, find the Hogan Johns channel, subscribe, hit the notification button because sometimes we go live. And you can always watch us there. Some people like to do that. So we appreciate uh, those of you who are doing that. And uh, the the new listeners or viewers, I guess, uh, who might be finding us there on the YouTube page. Welcome. 
obviousshirts.com is where you go to get these shirts. And uh, we appreciate all the support for those of you who have been doing that. I know the uh, the Soldier Fields shirts have started to roll in, the orange Hogan Johns logo shirts as well. So um, you can still get those on obviousshirts.com. All right, so last night, Kenny Main. Um, can I just say something about Kenny Main? In the same way, if you take the Packers stuff out of the air, the Aaron Rodgers interview is actually good. And like compelling because let's not lose sight of the the story is Aaron Rodgers, but the story of what last night was supposed to be was Kenny Maine's last show. And for a lot of us who are about our age, Aaron Rodgers' age, like we grew up watching Kenny Maine on Sports Center. And like in the heyday of ESPN, the heyday of Sports Center, when you'd watch it every single night and then watch it again in the morning when you woke up and just Watched all the highlights because they weren't available on Twitter and Facebook and YouTube. Like you watch Sports Center to figure out what happened in sports. And Kenny Main was hilarious, still is hilarious. In fact, he had me laughing a couple times last night. I forget who on the Mariners hit the home run, and he said, uh, "He said that ball is entering the transfer portal, and so am I." Like <laughs> just hilarious. Well, the dry sense of humor. The right. way, and all those guys going back to the era of ESPN broadcasters, they all brought something different, unique to the table. Like they only, they, they all had different personalities. They had, they all had their own lines and jokes, and it was enjoyable. Yeah, I mean, and they transcended just being TV anchors. I mean, they were legitimate superstars in the in their own mind. Uh, the Sports Center commercials. They, launched everything into a new dimension and it led to uh, friendships like Kenny Main has with Aaron Rodgers and Marshawn Lynch. Uh, Marshawn Lynch talking about there being aliens and how he should be the guy who talks to the aliens. I mean, you got to watch. Last night's episode was great. It, like, it brought back memories. I don't watch SportsCenter much anymore, but like this was appointment television. And the interview was good too if you kind of ignore the fact that Aaron Rodgers didn't want to talk about Aaron Rodgers, but he talked about some very sentimental things with Kenny Maine and growing up on Sports Center. So if you're of that age group uh, and you love Kenny Maine, I'll tell you this. I, I mean, I've interviewed a ton of people at the Super Bowl over the last few years, and Kenny Maine still sticks out as like one of my favorite interviews that we did. It was in Minneapolis, um, and the work he's done with veterans, he sat down with one of the veterans he works with and the charities. It's, it's, it's just incredible stuff that he's done. And then for him, only he could end an interview the way he ended it last night with this. F*** you, Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> and a walk off. Hilarious. Hey, ESPN played the uh, the bleep, Kent. What are we doing there? <laughs> that air, did it, did it not? No, they bleeped it out. They bleeped it out? Yeah. Then how are we getting the... Uh, I've actually heard it with the, the F word. Oh, the really? F-bomb. Yes. Well, yes. there's probably... Uh, you know, there's always back fees. And stuff. Like, like, how did that Brooks Kepka thing come out yesterday? Where he's just MFing Bryson DeChambeau as he... Well, he didn't really MF Bryson DeChambeau <laughs> directly. But, but he stopped the interview and was... Whole, that was hilarious. I need, I need that whole thing whiteboarded for me. I watch a lot of golf, but I don't. I guess I don't know enough about the history there why they hate each other. All right, so there's all that side of it. The bottom line, though, and and what I thought was interesting, we're gonna have Mike Keller here jump on and and give us a perspective from Wisconsin. But you know, he didn't 
say Aaron Rodgers didn't say much. He avoided the question about whether he's actually demanded a trade, which Kenny snuck in there. But he did have an interesting answer about how it's about the people within the organization. And I think it's pretty obvious that he feels disrespected. The idea of an NFC North without Aaron Rodgers has to just tickle Bears fans, right? <laughs> to, to, to use J.J. Stankovitz's old word of, of tickle. It's, it's just, it seems so unbelievable. But when, like, we, we should talk to Mike because he, he has more insight on this. But I, I honestly think it, it's, it's a possibility, like a reality for the 2021 season. All right. Well, uh, Mike Heller, you've heard him on the, the podcast many times. He's uh, a friend of the show and uh, you know has been doing sports talk radio in Wisconsin for a long time. This has just got to be a feeding frenzy up there. Uh, I would imagine just pretty much every day is an Aaron Rodgers talk show. Meanwhile, the Brewers are pretty decent and the, uh, the Bucks are just killing folks in the playoffs right now, but I'm sure this is all about Aaron Rodgers up there. So we wanted to get Mike on the show. Mike's seen Aaron Rodgers' entire career. He saw Brett Favre's career, the end of Brett Favre's career. Um, so he really has a perspective of the organization and kind of what this all means. So uh, here he is, our friend Mike Heller. All right, we bring in our friend Mike Heller from the Mike Heller Show in Madison and in Wisconsin. He's been following this uh, whole thing with Aaron Rodgers closely, and you've heard him on this podcast a bunch. So it was time for us to check in with our guy, Mike Heller. You can follow on Twitter, at Heller Sports. All right, Mike, thanks so much for jumping on with us today. And uh, I guess we'll just ask this. What was your reaction to the interview with Kenny Mayne last night? Not surprising. I, I we kind of knew he would dodge around, and, and I didn't know if Kenny would press him, and he did a little bit, but not too much. Um, he just kind of walked around most of the stuff, and, and the only substantive area he went to is if you want to read between lines. He talked about it's been a great sixteen years, which is usually something you say on your way out. Uh, he praised his teammates, he praised the fan base, he praised his coaching staff. And stopped there. Um, so, and, and he even praised Jordan Love, how much he likes working with a guy. And it's not about him, but it is about him. But in particular, I don't know if you want to get here now, but in particular, this is about the week or two weeks after the NFC Championship game when his agent walks into either virtually or in person, walks into the Packers office and says, okay. Can we tear up the contract, write up an extension so Aaron can guarantee that he's going to finish here? And the Packers looked across the table or the Zoom and said, no, we've got a contract. We're in a good spot. And that's the that's the jumping off point. That's That's been my belief the entire time. I know that there were issues with drafting Jordan Love for him. I know he's had some issues with player protection that he's wanted certain players around or whatever in the recent years. But it was that moment when Rodgers threw a wrench into Green Bay's plans and he was convinced that he'd walk in the room and say, OK, let's tear up the contract. Let's do the extension. I'm going to finish my career here. And the Packers said, "Nah, we're good. And that's to me, that's the end point. And I don't know if they can get through it or not. So knowing all that, so to, to stick with the interview a little bit, um, knowing all everything you just said, the way Rodgers 
left out management, left out his general manager. Like that had to be, he's a careful guy. He knows what he's saying all the time. That's how he strikes me. You you know him better than I do. There was a message almost sent in, in what he didn't say in a way, wasn't there? Yeah. I mean, nothing's done without intention. Uh, for Aaron Rodgers. So yeah, that was done with purpose and absolute. And the it's been a great 16 years done with purpose. He wants to continue to send the message that he's out. He didn't go as far as Julio Jones, but he's sending the message that he's out. If he felt disrespected, if there's no if there, he felt disrespected for him that's it, it appears that that's a mortal sin. And I don't know if he can get by it. So now there's a staring contest that goes on. And who's willing to continue to stare or to blink first? My bet is that Aaron's not going to blink. So what does that lead for the Packers to do? And I, I do think if you want to read into the reports that are out there, the Green Bay has after they said no the first time, that they have put a contract extension out there that would assure Aaron to be in Green Bay. But again, he, he, it appears he's a very stubborn man. Uh, we've seen that in his history that I don't know if he can get by this. And, what, and, and then the biggest question to me is, what does he want? What could Green Bay do that corrects what has been wrong and allows Aaron Rodgers to say, okay, we're all good. I'll be in camp. The contract is ready. Um, and here we go. Because I don't know what the answer to that is. And if it's to fire Brian Gutekunst, that's not going to happen. I, I just don't see that happening. That, would, to me, would be really far-fetched. So I don't. we still don't know what will make Aaron Rodgers happy. And that part of it makes him fall out of favor with the fan base. If we're just simply trying to find the organization, trying to find a way to make the quarterback happy for this fan base, that's not a very good look. So let's go there because I can only imagine how this whole story is playing in the sports talk radio world in Wisconsin. I mean, down here in Chicago, it's just sort of a thing that comes up every once in a while. But I can tell you the attitude down here is, all right, this is interesting, but uh, we know Aaron Rodgers is going to beat the Bears twice this season. Uh, <laughs> so it's not, I guess it's not really being taken all that seriously. So how how seriously is this being taken up there? It sounds like, just based on what you're saying, that you are more than open to the possibility that Aaron Rodgers might not be playing quarterback for the Packers this year. I have felt about 70% certain the entire process that Aaron would be back. But I think there have been times that as as media and as a fan base where we've misjudged the man and his convictions. He's a different dude. And I think we saw that even last night, the interview with Kenny Main. Aaron's wired a little bit differently. And I think without knowing very much, because we really don't know much about his family situation, other than there's a cutoff, that there's that they're not really family anymore. If you just take that, that little piece of information and apply it to this storyline, I think he feels wronged. And when he feels wronged, it appears that he can close that door and not reopen it. That's the issue. Now, I, we do work with John Kuhn and uh, certainly James Jones spoke publicly. They're both close friends. 
John talks to Aaron on a fairly regular basis. I wouldn't go as far as Mike Florio did in, in referring to John Kuhn as a surrogate, but John's putting stuff out there, not just because he thinks it, and I think that's the, the base, but also because Aaron said, yeah, you're okay with that. So I still think there's a road to reconciliation. I just simply don't know what it is. And if it is that Brian Gutekunst has to be reassigned or let go, I would be disappointed if Green Bay did that. I, honestly, I would be disappointed in the franchise if they let their GM go or reassigned him based on what? Based on he hasn't screwed up terribly in other ways. And, and I'll go back to this, Adam, because part of the speculation going into last night's conversation was that Aaron was just can't get over that the Packers drafted his next and didn't tell him. Well, can I ask you, if they'd have had a conversation the day of the draft that said, hey, Aaron, we're really strongly considering moving up three if Jordan Love is there and taking him, and Rodgers gets irate at that concept and says, no, why aren't you doing this, this, or this, and the Packers still drafted Jordan Love, wouldn't that be worse? I think the only thing you could have done there, is, and you should have done, is when they're on the clock. They should have called Aaron and said, listen, we didn't talk about this in advance because we didn't know how the chips would fall, but we're going to move up these spots, these three spots, and we're going to take Jordan Love. And I know you're not going to love it, but it's what we're going to do. An advance warning instead of uh, having him involved yeah, just, in the, the plan. It, 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 correct, as opposed to him finding out by you know watching the draft on TV and then having all of his buddies text him and other NFL quarterbacks saying, what the hell's going on? If he'd have known in advance – it wouldn't have changed his feeling of Green Bay spending first round capital on a guy that wasn't going to see the field. Um, that was going to rub Aaron the wrong way regardless, but communication in that 15 minute window of which the Packers are going to move up and be on the clock would have been the right thing to do. And I don't know how it didn't happen. That's silly that somebody didn't think in the room to say, yeah. Hey, we need to call Aaron. He is the he is our franchise player right now. Somebody needs to let him know we're we're going to draft a quarterback. Is there anybody in Green Bay that can smooth things over? Like we talked about, he mentioned his teammates. He mentioned his coaches. Can, can Matt Lafleur, Devontae Adams, David Bakhtiari? Can anybody be that go between that in between between the front office and yeah. Aaron Rodgers and smooth all, this over? All of those. Yeah, all of those. Mercedes Lewis is probably his best friend on the team, and Mercedes re-signed on that one-year free agent deal in Green Bay. I would, I've would i said throughout the process that I think that the, the peacemaker here, old-school reference, Henry Kissinger in the room has to be Matt LaFleur, the, the head coach who he, he gets along with very well, along with Mercedes Lewis and Devontae Adams, who's not under contract. This is the last year of his free agent deal. They've got to be, and Bakhtiari, Dave, his, his close friend there, those guys are the ones that have to smooth this over. And again, I'll just go back to this from earlier. I don't know what that is. I don't, usually we kind of know, is it about money? I don't know that this is about money. Is it about respect? Because you can't put the toothpaste back in the tube about respect. If it's already happened, if that water is already over the dam, what are you going to do? You can't, can't go backwards. So what does the quarterback want? What does this first ballot Hall of Famer want? And I know why, it, just to rebuild the storyline, 
I know why Green Bay did what they did. In the two years that led up to the drafting of Jordan Love, Rodgers in the final year of Mike McCarthy threw 25 touchdowns and very few interceptions because he threw the ball away a ton. The next year, first year, Matt LaFleur, he doesn't fall in line with Matt on offensive play calls. Lots of reports out there that he ignored many play calls and also 26 touchdowns, few interceptions, but threw the ball away a ton. And Green Bay was looking at a guy that's 37 and thinking, okay, he's leveled off. Don't know if he'll be great again. Let's make this move and play also for the future. We got Rodgers under contract for two years and then the opt-out. And then Aaron talks about it a lot. He threw a wrench into that deal by going for 48 and five and winning the MVP. And I think he walked in the room and said either virtually or, or in person and said, okay, let's redo this deal. And Green Bay said, nah. That's this whole thing. The whole thing is that. Did Green Bay misplay their cards? Probably. But they also saw, well, we can get uh, one more run up the mountain with Aaron Rodgers. Then we're in cap hell anyway. So then he can opt out and go wherever he wants. And we'll have to start over again with Jordan Love as our quarterback. And we're going to have to reduce our cap and probably let some players go. And Aaron messed that up by going for 48 and five. So, I, all right, I got two things here for you. One is, it, I mean, you're simplifying it pretty clearly to the contract and, and the disrespect, which I totally understand. But are there any signs that there's a bigger issue of disrespect with Brian Gutekunst that runs deeper than just Aaron Rodgers? And, and I'll bring up a comparison that's not exactly apples to apples. But when Phil Emery was the general manager of the Chicago Bears, he managed to piss Brian Urlacher off, and he did not handle that goodbye the way he should have. Now, there's a key sure. difference there. Brian Urlacher was clearly declining. He was not coming off an MVP or, in his case, a Defensive Player of the Year type season. But it was not handled well. What we ended up learning from that incident and things that tended to grow is it wasn't just Urlacher. There was a very unanimous uh, sense around Hallis Hall and within the organization that Phil Emery was rubbing a lot of people the wrong way. So if this kind of goes back to if you have to choose between the general manager and the quarterback, I guess what I'm asking is there a bigger issue here that you know, five years down the road, you might go, oh, it wasn't just Aaron Rodgers. This was a bigger problem, and GMs can come and go. Hall of Fame sure. quarterbacks don't, I guess, unless you're in Green Bay, then they just keep constantly coming. But yeah, right, um, yeah, that's. I guess that's the crux of the question. Yeah. So, and I, of all the people that I've talked to that are there every day, you know, whether it's Pete Doherty, Green Bay Press Gazette, Mark Daniels, WNFL Radio, that. Bill Huber from uh, SI covers the Packers, all these guys that have been there every day for a long, long time. Nobody has reflected to me that Brian Gutekunst has other issues. So Brian Gutekunst, who, you know, is, is from the Ted Thompson tree. He's a scout at his core. He's a scout um, and, and a, he analyzes players maybe in, in that regard. I think he's married two elements together that Ron Wolf did and Ted Thompson did. Wolf would go do free agency. Ted Thompson was only draft and develop. And people forget that Brian Gutekunst brought in the Smith. They're not brothers, but Zedarius and Preston Smith came in together. That move to get Adrian Amos. I know that you guys, you know, he was always in position, but he didn't 
make he didn't make some of the plays that Bears followers fans would have liked for him to make, but he solidified the back end for Green Bay. These are Brian Gutekunst's moves. I actually think he's been a really good GM. Did Green Bay mismanage the last offseason? I'm talking about now. And I think that the answer would be yes. When Aaron walk, or his agent walked back into the room, Adam, and said, okay, 48 and 5, MVP, NFC Championship game again. Let's dispense with Jordan Love being the next quarterback. I want to finish here. Let's redo the deal so I know I'm going to be here till I'm done. When the Packers said no, they mismanaged their cards. If they say no in the moment, how do you fix it? And that's the question. Can you fix it? And I don't think, to answer your initial, I don't think that this is a sign of overall mismanagement by Brian Gutekunst. And we're going to find out later that over and over and over again, he was messing up and people didn't trust him, like him, appreciate him, respect him. I don't think that's the deal. I think this is a really kind of a singular moment. They want to make it about the end of, of Jordy Nelson when Green Bay cut ties with Jordy Nelson. That was the right move. Jordy had nothing left. When they let um, Jake Kumaro go last year and he was signed by Buffalo, Jake Kumaro is a journeyman who's never going to be a big-time contributor. That was the right move to make. The Packers didn't have a shortage of receivers. Kumaro wasn't that guy. So I don't think it's a mismanagement trend by Brian Gutekunst. I think it's a one-situation deal. All right. Then the follow-up, and this is something we've talked about here on this podcast the last few uh, weeks or so. Is Jordan Love bad? Because when you when you trade up for a quarterback in the first round, you have you don't do that unless you have con- total conviction and love for a player, and you really believe that he's going to be the next franchise quarterback. And so, if you're in this position with Aaron Rodgers whose value is probably as high as it's going to get in this stage of his career, and you believe in Jordan Love, why would you not trade Aaron Rodgers for a boatload of draft picks on draft night, make that move, and make the team around Jordan Love as good as it possibly can be on a rookie contract? That's the part I'm struggling with here. Like In terms yeah. of the cards that the Packers are playing, I, 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 he must be bad. Yeah, I don't know. I'll agree with the second part, and I think there's an unknown on the first part, whether Jordan Love is good or bad. I don't, I don't think they know right? because they didn't get him reps because of the way camp was last year and no exhibition games and all of that stuff. So not enough reps to know. Part two to that. Again, when we talk about Green Bay mismanaging their hand after the NFC Championship game, when Rodgers' agent walks in, if you felt like they're not bluffing, Aaron's not bluffing, then you would have had to have talked to San Francisco. You would have had to have put a deal in place with the Niners, three first-round draft choices, a player, and Jimmy Garoppolo, and, and say, okay, we're going to roll. We're going to we'll take a cap hit for one year on the deal, but then the cap hit goes away, and we're going to roll. We're, we've got a transition quarterback. And then to Jordan Love, if he's not ready this year, he'll be ready next. Garoppolo can come in. I would have thought you've had, you'd have to do that. Now, the same thing kind of plays in Denver starting on after June 1st. Could you get Nick Chubb? 
could you get one of their quarterbacks, uh, Drew Locke? And, and I've heard this before, that Green Bay was ready to take Drew Locke the year before, and Denver jumped him on that. So if you got Drew Locke, but then you got two younger quarterbacks, and which one did you really want to get? Or you could get Teddy Bridgewater as a gap, Chubb and, a, and two or three first-rounders. Is that enough? Understanding this, that those first-rounders, if Rodgers goes to Denver, they're going to be in the mid to late 20s. Uh, how valuable are those picks with San Francisco? If you had done the deal before the draft, you had the number three overall pick. So that's the part I agree with. I don't know. I don't know what the answer is on Jordan love. When you ask if he's bad, I think when they drafted him, they thought he could be great. And I don't know that that opinion has changed. I think the jury is absolutely out. We're going to find out when they go to camp, he's going to get a lot of reps. (laughs) He's getting a lot of reps right now in their OTAs. He's going to probably get a lot of reps in their mandatory minicamp because Rodgers almost certainly won't be there. And I don't know, uh, Adam, this deal could go all the way through August. And that could mean Jordan loves playing two and three quarters in exhibition games. There really is a question here. It's a game of chicken and who's going to veer off. And I don't know what the answer is. If I'm the Packers, I think I might just stay the course and say, okay, Aaron, are you really willing to sit and just do Jeopardy for a year and not play football and come back when you're 38, turning 39, a year away from the game? You're really willing to do that? And if they up, maybe they're going to call his bluff. It's crazy stuff. It's crazy. How similar is this to, to 13, 14 years ago with, with Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers is the one waiting in the wings? Like it, it, this... In Chicago, we're like, yeah. make the guy happy. It's it's a Hall of Fame quarterback. Sure. But up there, you've covered two Hall of Fame quarterbacks. So go back 13 years. How, how much does this remind you of that? The the difference was twofold. One, Aaron Rodgers was ready. Uh, he, had, he had come in uh, when Favre was hurt. They watched him in practice, uh, and he was ready. And there was also a front office belief after the Packers lost to the Giants in the NFC Championship game when it was three degrees, that they didn't think they could win late January home football games with Favre anymore. The body language wasn't there. He wasn't, the cold had affected him. Uh, I don't know if that's real, but that's the felt, that's the feeling they had. So it's different because they were pushing Favre out because they felt Rodgers was better. In this case, they don't know about Jordan Love. So the storyline from a talk radio perspective, from a columnist perspective, from the Daily Beat perspective, there's an everyday scenario working here that is very similar to uh, to 2008. But the storyline from the Packers front office is different. They wanted the transition. Now they want the transition on their terms. They'd like to run up that mountainside one more time with Aaron Rodgers see what this year looks like. And if he was great again in 2021, then I think they'd want to extend him. But I think their belief was we had a contract and we'd, we'd like to run up the mountain one more time with you. Then we're in cap hell. So if you weren't great this year, or if we deteriorated, we would just cut ties. You can go wherever you want kind of a thing. Uh, so in that regard, it's different because we don't know who Jordan Love is. Although you can make the point, they probably waited one year too long with Favre to, tr- you know, it, you, what did the Packers end up getting in that deal? I think it was just a third round pick. It ended up being. I mean, you wait too long, you lose the value. 
Yeah, they traded him to the Jets. Uh, it, when Favre got on the plane to leave Green Bay, he thought he was flying to Tampa to be traded to the Buccaneers and Gruden. And isn't it interesting that one of the landing spots for Rodgers could be Gruden again, but this time in Oakland, um, because they're on the they're in the trade market if if Green Bay is so inclined. Um, shoot, you know, I, I don't know what I, I don't know what that answer is if. If you've just felt, if finances weren't a big part of this, and they are, I mean, Green Bay's got a deal that they've got to put together for Devontae Adams. They just signed Bakhtiari to a new deal. They just signed Aaron Jones to a new deal. They signed Aaron Rodgers to a new deal. And here's one of the things we don't fully know, but Aaron hasn't been incredibly cooperative from a cap standpoint. He hasn't taken the Brady deals or the Breeze deals where you're getting cap hell later, but he saved them money on the front end so they could go out and get guys. Aaron really hadn't done that. They're in a bad financial spot, almost as bad. Maybe it would be worse than New Orleans if they re-sign a Rodgers deal because you can't escape that cap money. Uh, and, and Green Bay's had the great fortune of being really good now for 27 years this franchise has been on a run, a really good run. I don't know how willing they are to, to go back to 1975. Well, I'll tell you what, draft day was crazy for many different reasons. Um, but when this news started coming out in the middle of the day, first thing I did was turn on the Mike Keller show because I had to get that local reaction <laughs> as, as right. all hell broke, all hell was breaking loose up in Wisconsin. So uh, for our listeners, whenever they need the Packer perspective, that's uh, that's definitely our advice here. Uh, check him out. The Mike Keller show uh, in Madison, Wisconsin, and uh, just really good stuff. Mike, follow him on Twitter at Heller sports. Thanks so much for your time today. Yeah. Happy to do it. Thanks, Mike. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. If you're like me, you believe there needs to be more stylish, functional, business, casual menswear that is both high quality and durable that can withstand your day. I'm talking about maybe hanging out in the press box, watching the game later with your friends, maybe getting a quick nine holes in. That's why men's closets were due for a radical reinvention, and Roan stepped up to the challenge. Roan's commuter collection is the most comfortable, breathable, and truly versatile set of products known to man. They have products for every occasion. We're talking about the world's most comfortable pants, dress shirts, quarter zips, polos, and blazers. They look great as individual pieces, 
maybe with a Hogan Johns pull or quarter step, but they also work seamlessly together. Rowan's signature four-way stretch fabric is breathable, flexible, works everywhere from your commute to work to the 19th hole. It's time for unparalleled confidence without all the hassle. Rowan's commuter collection features wrinkle-release technology and is 100% machine washable. Looking good is that easy. The commuter collection can get you through any workday and straight into whatever comes next. Head to roan.com slash Adam and use promo code Adam to save 20% off your entire order. That's 20% off your entire order when you head to rhone.com slash Adam and use code Adam. It's time to find your corner office comfort. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. All right, we thank Mike uh, again for jumping on with us. And it's always interesting to hear how the same story is sort of viewed from a different area, but specifically like the local area where, where this is going down because I don't know, unless I'm mischaracterizing it, like I really feel like the attitude here in Chicago is like, all right, they'll, they'll figure they'll things out. work. Yeah. Yeah. They'll figure it out. Aaron Rodgers will still be starting. But that point that Mike made about Aaron Rodgers and his family like, yeah. This guy shut the door in his own family. I've always said that is, is an enormous red flag for me and always has been. And I don't, I'm saying that without knowing the circumstances, right? Um, Because he could have been totally wrong by his family for all I know. But that has just always been a red flag. And that family's like, okay, red flags with Aaron Rodgers, like you get through him because he's a Hall of Fame transcendent quarterback. That, that, that's fine. That's not exactly... You know, guys have issues with their families, right? But his family's publicly tried to make or to start a reconciliation with him. It's just not working. They're curious as to what's going on, at least from the stories I've read in the past. But it's an interesting point. Like, if this guy could shut the door on his family, he could pack up and leave Green Bay no problem. Absolutely no problem with no regrets. That's just how he operates. And how many times have we heard that he's a different guy? Whether it's Matt Schneiderman, yeah. the Athletics Beat reporter, now Mike Heller too, and you know we we've seen it on Twitter. Um, get people talk about it on ESPN, the Kenny Mains of the world. Like Aaron Rodgers just operates and functions differently. So if he can shut the door in his family, again, he can leave Green Bay without any regrets. That's what I think. I've said this a few times, and and still mostly believe it. Like he's good, Jay Cutler. Like in the way that Jay, uh, you know, people who are friends with Jay and like He's Jay, good like Jay Cutler, <laughs> I like that. Well, you got a lot of people who like like Jay's personality and his dry sense of humor, and him, you know, kind of being a little bit of a dick, right? But then there's a lot of people who just like don't like it, don't want to put up with it, and you've heard the same thing. He's just different. Well, the problem is he was never good enough, right, on the field to like command the respect at the same time to get away with some of that stuff. Like I've always felt with Aaron Rodgers, he has that sort of, I don't know what the right word is, but he just, he can rub you the wrong way. But oh, by the way, he's also out there throwing four or five touchdowns every single week and, and, and 
makes it look like a video game. And so he's going to command that respect that sometimes Jay never commanded. He's good Jay Cutler. I like that. I don't think you've ever said that before on this podcast. I don't know if I've ever said it on the podcast. I've, you just always said it in your I, head. You're I've worked, saving it nah, for, for this yeah. episode. Maybe I've worked. 2021. Maybe I've workshopped it away from the microphone and just never brought I don't know. I don't know. But, but, uh, but you get a point there. Yeah. But you got a point there. Like Jay Cutler's play was infuriating at times because of how special his arm was. Aaron Rodgers doesn't make the same mistakes that Jay Cutler did. Um, the, I guess the, my I, point is uh, Jay, Jay could have gotten away with more of that personality side of it. Uh and even lack of leadership. Like I sometimes, like Greg Jennings hates Aaron Rodgers. Maybe that's a little bit too strong, but he's been very vocal on how he never, he just doesn't see eye to eye. He's been critical. Uh, I've done interviews with him where he's been critical of Aaron Rodgers. Like it, the point being that not everybody loves Aaron. And that's the same thing with Jay, but Jay would have been able to get away with it more if he was better. And Aaron is. So I guess that's that's sort of the, the comparison there as we sort of get off on a tangent. A, a couple other things stood out to me about our conversation with, with Mike. One, he doesn't expect him to show up to mandatory minicamp. So that's going to result in some, some significant fines. Um, I, if I read this correctly, he's, he's also missing out on $500,000 in workout bonuses by skipping the voluntary stuff. Like he's in Hawaii right now, right? Like I saw videos of him dancing with his fiance in Hawaii. Did I not? And, you know, everybody's training up in Green Bay. So Hawaii, Green Bay, not exactly <laughs> the same worlds right there. Um, and then it's the stuff about Jordan Love. Mike didn't want to come to, to our side of the, the, the fence on this, that, that, we, that he sucks because <laughs> of what he saw during the pandemic or what well, he was able to see. Well, let's be clear. Like, it's like slightly a bit, too. I mean, yeah, no one really knows. As Mike said, bit. it's true. But it also, like, there does seem to be some... They don't seem to love him. Like, you would know. You would have an idea. Well, here, like, I just... Let's not forget that he's a first-round quarterback. Okay. I mean, all these first-round quarterbacks, you can't wait to get them on the field. Now, it's different that you have Aaron Rodgers. I get that. But given in how ugly this situation's been, you would at least think that they'd be using that as more of a card. Or like, fine. No, we drafted your successor. We'll just move ahead with him. Like, there's like none of that. No, and it's no. not even... Yeah, it's just... I, I Look, here in Chicago, it's when, Justin, when is Justin Fields getting on? And and it's not just the fact that these are earlier first round picks like Lamar Jackson was an example. Like you don't you don't wait three years to play these guys. Aaron Rodgers is the huge exception, and that was fifteen years ago. So I I just yeah I just, I, I that that's the part as much as the stories about Aaron Rodgers like my head keeps coming back to that a lot and. Because that part matters because it, that part, that's the part that really determines who has the leverage here, in my opinion. And if Aaron Rodgers knows that Jordan Love isn't good, he knows he has the leverage. Yeah. At the very least, Aaron Rodgers knows that Jordan Love isn't ready or close to being ready. Mm-hmm. Maybe two years away from being 
consider that. So if we're talking about cards and chips to be played and that potentially being one for the Packers, well, you heard Mike. They misplayed it already. When Aaron Rodgers had his MVP season and they went back to the negotiating table, whether it was over Zoom or in person up in Green Bay, that should have been a card the Green Bay Packers should have had. Wasn't there. Wasn't there. So let, let me, you got anything else from Mike? So let, let me ask you this. Mm-hmm. Say it does play out into August and it's Jordan Love now getting all the reps he's playing in the preseason. What do you think happens? Like, if, if you're the Packers, I think at that point you would have a very, a very good idea of what Jordan Love is. Bringing back a Hall of Fame quarterback obviously has its, you know, immense benefits, but the team would seem to be, you know, like th- that's a unique situation to have if you're the Green Bay Packers, and one you don't want to have. Like, you have to make things work Sooner than later. You can't have this play out into the preseason. Angry fans, angry teammates, angry coaches, an angry quarterback. You have to try to make this work sooner than later. Yeah, I agree. This needs to be figured out before training camp. Uh, You know, in the same way that the Brett Favre thing dominated that summer. But you had to have a a resolution before people reported to camp. And, And because... Like one of the one of the unknowns with Jordan Love is that there was no preseason last year. So like we we've not seen this guy in a Packer uniform. It's it's a really weird dynamic. Um and so if this goes to the point where it's like a holdout in camp, where Rogers isn't there, he's getting fined, and Love's getting all the first snaps, and then the preseason games start, like every single snap is going to be hyper-analyzed like crazy and what it means for Rodgers and how Jordan loves Love is playing. And if he's bad, oh, you know, better pay Rodgers. And if he's really good, better trade Rodgers. Better trade Rodgers, but then, like, I don't, I don't know. I, it's, teams, that, aren't, teams' plans change then. Like, yeah, you're going to bring in a quarterback – Right before the season starts, like it's a different position. It just it, for for so many you. I think the Packers start losing leverage, even in trade talks, if this thing goes into the preseason. Yeah, yeah. All right. So if he's out of the NFC North, I know you're mocking me a little bit because yes, the Packers only play the Bears twice. But you know, and I know, if he's not in the NFC North, and let's just entertain this idea right now. Give Bears fans, Bears listeners a little a little something here before Memorial Day weekend. Like what what does that mean for the FC North? Like how, how would you characterize the change? The 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 like it, it's earth shattering to me. Like what yeah. that means for the FC North. Like the, the whole thing's wide open. Because I don't think the Vikings are that much better than the Bears. The Bears may actually may be better. The Lions, I think, are one of the worst teams in the league. Like, what does this mean for the division? Well, I- I hate to have it go back to Jordan Love, but a lot of it depends on how good he actually is. But based on my feeling and trying to read the situation, like you concluded, uh, and it seems like Aaron Rodgers has concluded that he's not quite ready for this year. So whether that means he's playing or there is a trade where, um, you know, like Mike said, Drew Locke comes. Drew Locke does nothing for me. You know, even if Teddy Bridgewater 
does nothing was moved. Yeah. Like they, it's a fine, you know. The Bears beat Teddy Bridgewater last year in Carolina. Um, I, I mean, I said this when we went through the schedule. I had the Bears at nine and eight. I those were two losses to the Packers because I did it assuming Aaron Rodgers was playing, and if he's not playing, I flipped those to wins to the Bears because I think otherwise the rosters are close enough. In fact, you almost give the Bears, I would almost give the Bears the edge overall in terms of their whole roster, except when you take the quarterback position out, which obviously you can't do. That's why the Packers are better. They have Aaron Rodgers. They always beat the Bears. But I do flip, I flip those to win. So you're talking about the difference between nine and eight and 11 and six. That's a huge difference. And 11 and six to me gives you a very good chance to win the division because. I've I'm already on record. I like what the Vikings have done and retooling things and kind of rebuilding on the fly. I think they're going to be competitive. I think they're going to be hard to beat. But I guess to answer your question, if Rodgers is out of the division, I think it comes down to the Bears and Vikings to win the NFC North. My guy, Kirk Cousins, right? Like I, I feel like the same applies to the Vikings, the switching, the losses to wins. So I don't know what the projections would be for the Vikings, but... I think the Vikings and Bears just very comparable. The Lions, they're garbage. They're garbage. <laughs> they may surprise you for a few games this year, but not even part of this conversation for me. Aaron Rodgers is out of Green Bay. It's a two-team race. It's the Vikings and the Bears, which is, again, crazy to think. All the attention here in Chicago is on Justin Fields and when he takes the field, but... That would be something. I know it does feel really unbelievable. Like, would Aaron Rodgers really give up on football for a year? Go be a host on Jeopardy. Go do whatever he wants. I think the family thing that Mike said, I think us, everybody in the sports world, knowing that Aaron Rodgers functions differently, there's a greater chance of him doing it than any other quarterback that I ever heard of before. Yeah, like like if if you had to rank quarterbacks who would sit out a year before returning, like he'd be number one on that list. Would he not be? Yeah, I, I just find it hard to believe he's going to sit out the whole year. I just, I, you know, sometimes we we underestimate that these are humans. Like, and just like you and me and all of our listeners, we're all going through stuff in our personal lives, whether it's just stress or changes or or whatever outside of what we do for a living, right? So like this is still a guy who's getting married, has had some some changes there. Obviously is going through um you know this whole situation with the Packers. And on top of that, like I thought it was in that maybe I'm reading into it a little bit too much, but like that whole weird cleanse he was talking about last night where he loses 15 pounds and I actually thought at the Kentucky Derby, those photos, like he, he looks really thin. Yeah. Like, and not in a, not in a, like a healthy muscular way. Like, cause it's not like he was fat or anything before. Um, so maybe he's going to build up that muscle back and, and be just fine. But he said he lost 15 pounds since he did jeopardy. It's a lot of weight to lose for a professional athlete. He's not an offensive lineman where their weight can fluctuate. He's a quarterback. So he, I just to get on that TB 12. You know, yeah, it, it goes back to sort of what Mike was talking about. Just the family 
the family stuff. Like, just don't forget the personal side of this. You never know what a guy's going through, what he's thinking. Maybe he really does want to go host Jeopardy. Yeah. You know what I was thinking um, when I was watching that Aaron Rodgers thing? Because earlier in the day, Tom Brady on Instagram, who he's great on Instagram, by the way. He's hilarious. Delivering messages and stuff. There he is walking out to the football field with his TB12 jersey with Mm -hmm. all the Super Bowls he had won. Like coming out to the practice field, ready to go. By the way, his own practice field. Yes, yes. But because they're they, they're not they haven't been showing up to OTAs. No, there, I guess. but we know Tom Brady will Talk put about together leverage. workouts. Yeah. We know Tom Brady will put together workouts. There'll be twenty guys out there. I'm probably exaggerating, but there'll be enough. But, but by the way, I don't want to get in the whole thing again. But like, what what are we doing here? You got okay. You got your whole team on a side field. Like, just go to the practice facility. Practice, yes. I, I don't get it. But anyway, that's what Tom Brady's doing after winning yeah. his Super Bowl. Yeah. And Aaron Rodgers right now with his dispute with the Packers is in Hawaii. Well, I, I know the Packers are one of the teams that aren't practicing, but it just feels notable. I get it's the offseason. It's May 25th, but it feels notable. I feel like you're missing an extra eye on the end of Hawaii. Hawaii? Hawaii. Hawaii. You said Hawaii. 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 It's fine. Hawaii. I'm pronouncing it fine. Uh, I wish I was not like Illinois. No, don't yet. Yeah, don't people who say Illinois are the worst. Thank you, Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> I'm gonna miss Kenny Maine. It's hilarious. Um, any any thoughts on Bears? Anything Bears wise? We so for those that don't know, we're supposed to be able to watch OTAs tomorrow so we we're originally going to do this week's podcast on thursday um recapping what we saw on the practice field which would have been the first time you know we saw justin fields with the rest of the veterans and things like that but uh they adjusted their schedule so they don't technically have a full full speed practice this week uh, we talked about this stuff last week so that'll start next week uh, but it ended up being perfect timing with this aaron Rodgers stuff which i know a lot of our listeners have wanted to uh have us go a little bit deeper into because it really does affect the Bears. It's huge. Um, but we do kind of know that a lot of people are there. A lot of a lot of players for the Bears are there. It seems like mostly across the league, that's what it seems like. Um, I saw Carson Wentz playing knockout with somebody on the uh the Colts. That was on a social house. media. Yeah, they put they seem like a lot of people there. Um, he lost, by the way. Like when I first saw the video, like, oh, is Carson Wentz going to win knockout? No, he lost. Yeah, I forget who he was playing, but uh, yeah, it looked like terrible offseason work that uh, you should definitely boycott, not show up to playing yeah. knockout on the practice not field. Not fun at all. Yeah, no, that's not fun. Um, so yeah, you should definitely not do that. I don't know. I mean, there's really not much bear stuff this week, to be honest. But. Um, We'll get a chance to see them next week. and It'll be our first time to see Andy Dalton and Justin Fields in the field at the same time. Isn't it weird when you have to say Justin Fields on the field? That's the first time I said that. I don't like it. Justin Fields you, on the field. But it's uh, sometimes when I've had a right to, like Justin Fields on the practice field. Justin Fields on the field. I don't like it. It messes, messes with my writing. Just use the old Chuck Pagano. It's good to be back on the grass. It is good to be back on the grass. It will be good to be back on the grass next week, I think. 
Um, all right. Good stuff. Go Bears. Thanks to Aaron Rodgers for all the great content. He is uh, definitely providing that this offseason. I can't wait to see where this thing goes. It's not over. Not even close. It is It is not over. All right. Um, anyway, next week we'll shift back to more Bear stuff. We'll see the players on the field. Justin Fields on the field. Andy Dalton on the field. Nick Foles? Close to the field. Somewhere around the, f- the general vicinity of the of, field. Of said field. <laughs> and uh, Carlos Santos. And Carlos Santos presumably is there too. And Cairo. Who got paid well. Uh, good for him. Alrighty, we're out of here. Follow us on Twitter at Adam Hogue, at Adam Johns. Read us. Johnsy's on The Athletic, theathletic.com slash Hogan Johns. And I am on NBCSportsChicago.com. We'll keep you updated there. We'll be back next week with a new podcast on OTAs. We'll see. Uh, I'm sure Noah will be freaking out about how Justin Fields looks like next to Andy Dalton. That won't be a storyline at all. Not one bit. We'll probably not even cover that. So, uh, All right. Good stuff. Talk to you next week. See ya. F*** you, Aaron Rodgers. <laughs>